push each other. We have the same philosophy and we have the same drive and we like to push things beyond. We're climbing up just like, I can barely even keep the camera from shaking, looking down these cliff faces and crawling out on these these edges and, uh, and Jeff was successful. And, um, and when we put that together, it just sparked something. I said, I'm gonna be a YouTuber. They're like, yeah. So I always ask people, what is your Rubicon? Like, what is your Rubicon? What is it? Where's your river? What did you cross? What is? What does it look like for you? During the period when Henry's in his wheelchair, my older son Campbell and Henry both drew an archery mule deer hunt. We're trying to connect with people that don't quite understand hunting and understand that there's a journey and that there's a hunter's way of life and to try to get people to come across and say, you know what, there's more here. You can also just call us, send us notes, man. We'd love to interact with the people that are like-minded. I'd like to call them fans um, to a certain degree, but they're more like friends. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode 66 of Living Country in the City. want to say a big thank you to Sawyer Products for making this podcast possible. They're big supporters of everything I do here at Living Country in the City. You know, if y'all are looking for those really simple products, the kind of stuff that keeps you in the outdoors for longer, stuff like water filtration or insect repellent and first aid, make sure y'all check out Sawyer. Give them a look at Sawyer.com. Also, I want to say a big thank you to all y'all that are supporting me by sharing the podcast, subscribing here or on my YouTube channel, leaving ratings and reviews on iTunes or Stitcher, or even financially supporting me through my Patreon page. You know, I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for y'all. If you want to see ways to join the Living Country in the City team, check out my support page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash support. Y'all can win some really great rewards along the way. Now, getting to this week's episode... Back at the Western Hunt Expo, I got a chance to sit down with Brian and Jeff Sillison of Beyond Rubicon. These guys are awesome, just down-to-earth, stand-up guys. I had a really great time talking with them, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Well, we are here at the uh, Western Hunt Expo in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, sitting in the Scree booth. We can get a... Here we go. Let's... I don't know if anybody can see that back there. There we go, there the Scree booth. We're Get a little bit of logo. Yeah. It's 602, so if you're here at the expo, come down and see us and make fun of us while we're doing it. And I think we'll even give you a Beyond Rubicon sticker. And there's Absolutely. all sorts of other stuff going on here, too. So some of the best camouflage clothing I think I've ever had. Well, and I'm, we're wearing the new Summit, Summit camouflage <laughs> that just came out, and it looks great. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we're sitting in the Scree booth. Uh, going to talk a little bit about you guys and Beyond Rubicon. Yeah. And I apparently went through puberty for a second there. <laughs> um, so I always like to start out with uh, just each of you individually – your background, how you got started when it comes to hunting and, and getting into the outdoors. Okay. I think I, I can start a little bit. Um, I mean, we, we've been hunting and fishing our whole lives. I mean, of, of all the things that we did, we were always guaranteed an opportunity to go to the lake and cast a reel. You know, we liked to hunt, fish for crappie, did some bass fishing with our granddad when we were kids. And then we got to go out and do some hunting. I was my dad's bird dog. Jeff was my dad's bird dog. And we'd go dove hunt, and we'd have to go retrieve the dove, and we thought that was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, Long heritage of hunting in our family, our grandparents, all the way to our great-great-grandfather, who was the, uh, the last Delaware um, tribal chief, the Delaware chief, in, uh, and, and he was a big hunter. Wow. And a pastor and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, we're just discovering all of this as we're researching our, our lineage. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, and for me, I've been the little brother, you know, following big brother all around and uh, always wanting to be like him. And so, you know, when he go out and, you know, he was able to start hunting before I, I just wanted to be him, you know. And so everything I always did was trying to, you know, just trying to keep up with Brian. And, uh, you know, together we've made quite the team over the years. I think so, except for that part where I, I had to try to be better so I could stay ahead of him because I split off and went to the Marine Corps for a while. And then Jeff's telling me about all these epic hunts, just one after the other. And I'm just like dying. And he's like got all these mad skills and he started bow hunting. And I'm like, well, shooting muzzleloaders and guns is fun. Why would you want to go back to bow hunting? He's like, oh, no, dude, you have no idea. And, and I fought him on it for a moment. And then, uh, then I had to come back and elevate my game and chase his coattails. <laughs> well, you know, a uh, little, little uh, sibling uh, competition is, is very, very healthy, especially when it's, uh, when it's uh, teaching you to improve and, uh, uh, and yeah. get a little bit better in the backcountry, sure. right? <laughs> well, there's like two, oper- two times in our life or more where we had doubles on bull elk out of the same herd because we were working together. I always let Jeff kill the big one. <laughs> That's not true. Brian's always had this this magnet in his pocket for the very the very largest animals. And, uh, you know, it's neat because, you know, you say that, that competition, but it's also we push each other. We have the same philosophy and we have the same drive and we like to push things beyond you know the the limits of 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 what normal people would do and that's what's been great is to have him right there on my six you know and then be turn around and be on his rear and just you know pushing each other helping each other and and uh you know making it happen it's great love it i think you you were asking me earlier about beyond rubicon a little bit right yeah yeah um and how that was born. Did you want to hear a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about it, so sorry yep. I didn't mean to no, 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 usurp no, no. your authority. Oh, oh, <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> I, you know, um, so Jeff and I, I'd, I'd come back from the Marine Corps on leave and we'd go hunting, and, and I got my last few years in the Marine Corps, I got stationed back in my home state, and uh, we went on this Ibex hunt in the Persian, for Persian Ibex in the Florida Mountains. And we were filming each other. And Jeff had already started doing some filming. We'd film each other on a turkey hunt. And we just, we just had fun with it. And really what happens, we could show our family, like, this is what we did. And we could back up our stories with actual footage. And we enjoyed it so much that when I filmed Jeff going on some pretty extreme stocks on an Ibex in the Floridas when he got his first one, um, and there's like a 1% to 2% success rate with, our, with a bow there, and we filmed it, and everybody loved it. I like posted like I loved it because he filmed it. <laughs> yeah, I was scared out of my freaking pants. We're climbing up, just like I can barely even keep the camera from shaking. Looking down these cliff faces and calling Jeez. out on these these edges, and uh, and Jeff was successful. And um, and when we put that together, it just sparked something. I said, "I'm going to be a YouTuber. That's what we're going to do." And I asked Brian, "What's YouTube?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, to this day, I still remember when YouTube first came out. I, I was looking at that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's like online videos. Awesome. Like, it's never going to be anything. Nobody, who's going who's gonna to take all this time and like post up a bunch of content for free online? Yeah. Like, I, I'm ad- able to admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, the, the sad part about it is, is that as my business plan developed and how we were going to be able to do something in this industry, and I had no idea really, um, all of a sudden I hired a movie crew and said, why don't you boys come out and film us? We're going to make an episode out of this. I literally had Ernesto, who is one of the, the coolest people I've ever met in my life, show up with a beret and a red scarf 
and he had no idea about hunting. And we, but he yes. was so excited. He was oh, yeah. so excited. He was like a kid in a candy store. I love him. Oh yeah, I mean we miss opportunities on a dozen nice bulls easily because we were we were a bag of monkeys rolling through the forest. But it ended up being just an awesome hunt, and and it established the style for what became Beyond Rubicon. And what I learned is about how we love and the passion about hunting, the hunting industry, and conservation, and the way that we approach the outdoors is that um, it's an irrevocable commitment for us. We're here. We're here for God country. You know, for me, it was the Marine Corps and and, and, the, and the outdoors, and that's where I kind of found my center. So Rubicon is a river that was crossed by Julius Caesar back when he was on his rise to power. And so metaphorically speaking, crossing the Rubicon meant you were going past the point of no return. So it's not about Jeeps, people. It's not about the Rubicon Trail. This is about a commitment. We crossed the Rubicon. This is our way of life. We love it. We're not turning back. Second Amendment, Constitution, you name it. God, our country, we're here. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> are you, so true. Are you passionate about it? I, I really can't tell. Just, just a little bit. So we just, I, we I just can't I'm so excited. I want to go do something. Like, I want to go push big. All right. All right we're, we're leaving the expo now, and we are going to go chase some animals right this, moment, right this moment. We got all the camo we need here. I'm sure yeah. we can find a gun. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, oh, there's plenty of tag draws. That's how it works, right? Yeah. We can just go pick up a tag from a booth and go out and hunt. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not. I think really, <laughs> I actually know somebody who won the doll sheep hunt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Santino from the Sportsman Channel, if you're listening, I don't know if you are, um, won the doll sheep hunt last year. And he's like, yeah, just buy your tickets at the very last minute. <laughs> Just get them on top. Like, get them on top of the draw. Get them on top. And I'm like, uh, I, they shake them up pretty good. But uh, it should work for there us. There is hope. There is hope anyway. Hey, man, I'll take, I'll take any sort of uh, bonus that I can get to get my, get my ticket up there for those drawings. Because yeah. honestly, for, I mean, for most people, something like a, a goat hunter, a doll sheep hunt, a lot of these hunts, the, it, you, this is the only place you have any remote hope of getting it. Unless sure. you've been applying for you know, 20 years yeah. for this stuff. That's right. I mean, even then, you're still not guaranteed a hunt. So That's it's uh, this is mo- the majority of people. I think this is their best opportunity to get those tags. But yeah. but we learned that you you can't draw a tag unless you apply. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you have to start. <laughs> if it's 20 years that it's going to take you to get a hunt, well, you better start now because where are you going to be in 20 years? Exactly. You know, you're still going to be wanting that hunt. <laughs> so you got to do it. So apply. <laughs> no, I definitely sat down with uh, the guys over at Go Hunt uh, today, and we were talking about that. Where it's like. You know, new people getting into hunting, you know, they want to they hunt, and they're just thinking about the immediate sense right now. And it's like, okay, well, I, yeah, I can go hunting now. But then all of a sudden when you're really committed and you're like, oh, crud, now I really want to go on that prime elk hunt or that prime mule, hunt, mule deer hunt or that sheep hunt. All right, I'm going to start applying now. Well, yeah, you should have started applying, started applying three, five, ten years ago when yeah, you... That's exactly right. It's hard to have that forethought. Yep. But well, it becomes difficult for all of us, you know, time and the commitment for resources, your money, your time and the effort, you know, to, to make these, uh, you know, to submit these applications. You got to get them in. And there's definitely I mean, there's definitely some wisdom involved in doing that where you have to realize, OK, I still have to pay rent and be able to 
you know, you may be living off of top ramen and bologna sandwiches during uh, during tag application season, oh, but it's uh, worth it. Know that feeling <laughs> too, too well because you get that five hundred dollar pound backstrap, and it's worth it. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, you just gotta you just gotta do it often enough to where you're living off the living off the meat from last year, uh-huh. so you don't have to yeah. worry you don't have to worry about that grocery shopping, all that yeah, extra money. You know. Oh yeah, but I mean, we've been fortunate. I mean, in New Mexico, there's a landowner um, access program that that they it's, it incentivizes hunting on private land but it's it also gets the landowner to to protect the habitat for the animals and contribute to the conservation of our herds out there so i spent 22 years in the marine corps you can imagine there was a little damper on my hunting aspirations yeah, just you a know, little bit i can just see. a little bit i'd come home and my dad and brother would have you know base camp set up my dad sometimes would just goes to confirm my zero on my rifle, and I'd get in into town and try to c- confirm it. And I yeah, had there's four times or five that, days. Yeah, there's times I had camp set up. I'd go set camp up. Dad would head to Albuquerque to pick up Brian at the airport, drive back through the middle of the night, stop on the side of the road, get you know safely off the road at night, set up headlights to just zero the rifle in to make sure that, make it sure good, that it was that was good for, for Brian. Yeah, you know, and I give him a little confidence. That. You know, but you do what you got to do when you serve the country the way yeah. that you did, and and spent yeah. you know twenty two years of your life serving this country in the Marine Corps, and you know when you have a very little, you know, window of opportunity, window of opportunity, you got to make it. You got oh, yeah. so do it. fortunate. <laughs> so not a lot of hunting in the twenty two years before Beyond Rubicon was born, and so every day I go out there, I learn, and the number one thing I learn is about attitude about attitude and that just goes right along with why we named the show what we named it and we just try to live up to it and we remind ourselves it's got to be about finding your center and connecting with nature just getting away from the hoopla and the the chaos um so that's that's pretty important to us and so it's just it's a reminder because we got to make decisions about that it doesn't just happen because it's very easy to succumb to toxicity and stress and sometimes anger and pressure for you know, trying to make a living and take care of your family and do everything that you want to do. And when you get out there, I think you can just hone it all back in. And when we just say, did you cross the Rubicon today? Yep. We're like, yeah. So I always ask people, what is your Rubicon? Like, what is your Rubicon? Like, what is it? Where's your river? What did you cross? What, is, what does it look like for you? So, yep. Well, right now, uh, it's a, a very difficult season this last year. And so, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I told you guys a little bit about myself before, you know, before yesterday when we were talking and uh you know i was telling you i'm i'm new at this i literally dove in head first and i think the other day i said i dove in head first and hit my head on the bottom of the pool pretty well um at least there was water in it yeah yeah there's a little bit (laughs) it was it was it had rained the day before oh good um no it uh you know right now for me it's that challenge of getting through a really rough last season um you know i I went out on an elk hunt uh because i do things the easy way i decided for my very first backcountry hunt i'm gonna go on a solo just diy over the counter you know public land elk hunt with my bow uh so (laughs) it's just like every time i say it i'm like what is wrong with me (laughs) but i'm also you know like you said it it's about the point of no return i i can't I can't start slow. I just, that is not at all within me yeah. to, you know, do things step by step and do it the, you know, the, the smart way in, in all reality, the smart way when you're starting hunting is not to literally do one of the more difficult hunts <laughs> in, in the, you know, in the Western States. But, uh, 
Well, you survived. I, yeah. You're here today. I ended up uh, tearing tearing each of my knees, both of them, on the trip. On the second day, I, I spent uh, you know the next two days trying to power through it, and you know covering fifteen twenty miles, and nice and I just I finally couldn't do it, and called a, a good buddy uh, out of Montana. He came down and and packed me out, and uh, and I ended up having surgery and recovering from that, and um, so it's definitely. It's definitely getting back into the field. And I'm guessing your buddy gets Christmas card every year with maybe a little other treat. Yeah, my uh, my my folks also sent him a very nice uh, a very nice thank you gift. Uh, oh. I get a text message from my mom. She's like, "What's Clayton's address?" Oh. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Yeah, but uh, no, she uh, uh, Clayton Clayton is he's a really great guy I did an episode uh, episode 38 of the podcast is with him and we talk just talk through the hunt and all of that and and it's definitely there's a mental aspect to that you know where I don't want to I learned a lot and I'm definitely going to take those learnings and apply them to my next hunt but I don't want that last hunt to intimidate me Um, yeah it kicked my butt royally but I don't I don't want to look at an area and be like, no, that's going to be too hard for me now. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to not challenge myself to go somewhere just because I had a, a bad, I hit a really bad situation last year and made some mistakes and everything yeah. compounded. But hey, it's like a relationship, right? You don't want to measure your next relationship with your last one. Yep. Just take the lessons learned and apply them. You got to dump that X and move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Except Except I'm probably going to go be dating her neighbor this year, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next. Uh, we are live, right? Yeah. Zero, yeah. Zero. I don't know. There's okay. a couple of people on there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. What have we got? Send a request to be in your live video. Wow, there's like new stuff on, on these live videos that I've never seen before. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to figure this out. Instagram's releasing new stuff. And it is. Yeah, by the way, for those of you who are listening after the fact, we are, you know, I'm doing Instagram live with all these podcasts, so I'm getting distracted by technology, which is an awesome thing and a <laughs> terrible thing sometimes. But... Uh, so tell me, uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, about the show. Um, how long has it been going again? Well, we uh, we had our first season in 2016. Okay. And then a little hi- hiatus from uh, the Sportsman Channel for about six months kind of delayed us. We relaunched season one, and that's playing right now. Awesome. With a couple little original uh, uh, edits and, and one full original episode on hog hunting with thermal optics at Trigicon. Mm, and yeah. so that was an absolute blast. And so season two, 
we have so much incredible footage. I am cutting it right now and trying to piece it together. I'm just like, if you have a prime steak, which part do you cut off and not eat? Like, that is how mm-hmm. great season two is going to be. That starts in uh, June, and we're going to launch that thing with a whole bunch of hoopla. And, uh, and now we're getting into the digital realm, too. Short videos, short yep. films. I, I haven't released it yet, but we just did a, a sable. I had to send it to you, a sable hunt in Africa, spot and stock. And we just made it really intense, short film style. And I just kind of love that uh, approach to telling our story. Nice. And that's really what it boils down to. We tell our story. It's, everything's about the journey. It's not about, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Let's, you know, wholesale killing or slaughter. Like, literally, there's a journey to it. There's a connection with the outdoors that is hard to find if you only focus on one aspect of it. So slow down. Be present in that moment. I don't think there's a place in the world maybe in combat, where you have to be present at that moment and take everything in. Because the world, I mean, you can you not see the forest through the trees, right? I yep. mean, these branches are hitting you, boom, 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 like, and you, and you get distracted, and you miss so much that's out there. And for me, like, getting out there and getting with my family, sharing it with my dad and my brother, and is... That's, I mean, that's, that's my place. If I'm ever lost, and I don't know where my place is, <laughs> I remember, oh yeah, it's in the mountains. There you go. That's a pack. I don't know. You talk to you talk to a lot of people, and uh, you talk to them about being in the mountains, and they're afraid of get, afraid of getting lost out there. And I'm like, no, no, that's where you find yourself. However yeah. cheesy that sounds, you know. Oh, it's so that's, true. That's that's home. That's where you find yourself is up uh, there. And I find myself, you know, going into the forest early in the morning. It's dark. It's quiet. And I and, and there's always kind of a rush, you know. You get up early and you you get your your breakfast in. You you make your sandwiches. You load your pack. You're you're out out of camp. And, and, and there's this energy that is so forward. you got to get out of the forest. A lot of times I'll just sit down. I get in, sit down, breathe, close my eyes, slow down, slow life down. Let the forest start to operate faster than you are. And, and for me, that's, that's kind of like my recipe for success. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't go on a patrol. But as soon as you get out of your patrol base and you go out into enemy territory, the very first thing you do is sit down and get attuned to the environment and the noises. There's so many similarities here that that I'm able to continue to scratch that tactical itch that I have after (laughs) having left. I was going to stay in the Marine Corps until they kicked me out 35 years from now, you know, and be the oldest man in the Marine Corps if I could. (laughs) But I was kind of pulled with be a dad and teach your kids what what our dad taught us and, and be home. And, uh, uh, and that was a and strong I love it pool. Because he's, you know, home and we can spend more time together <laughs> and do more family yeah, things. It's really good. <laughs> hey. Um, so, uh, so you're talking about you re-released season one. What are, uh, what are some of maybe some of the highlights from season one that uh, folks should be keeping an eye out for watching the show? Well, we just, we just finished. It's going to rerun again in second quarter. So it'll rerun again in, a, in about, you know, 12 weeks or so. But uh, wheelchair and a prayer. Okay. Um, my, my nephew, Henry, Jeff's son, got a, a disease called Perthes that, okay. that killed the, what, how do you explain it, the round well, basically part of your... Basically, the blood supply to the femoral head in your femur was cut off, the blood supply. Okay. So the, the, the femoral head died, and the bone started to decay, turned soft. So immediately when it was diagnosed, he was put into a wheelchair. And, you know, we just finished up a three-year process with Henry. Henry's out of the wheelchair now. Nice. And he's running and jumping and doing things like other boys. And uh, it's, it's quite amazing. And, 
you know, during, during the period when Henry's in his wheelchair, uh, my older son Campbell and Henry both drew an archery mule deer hunt. Well, Henry's in a wheelchair, so we applied to the state of New Mexico for a mobility-impaired card, which is the only way that you can go on an archery hunt in New Mexico with a crossbow. And so we found a, a Barnett crossbow for him, a recruit, fantastic, fantastic weapon. And he learned to shoot it very, very well. And we went in the fields. We had older brother and younger brother hunting together, one fully capable compound bow, very athletic. That's Campbell. And then we had Henry, who needed a little extra help, you know. And he did fine. He just did things a little differently because of, you know, his circumstances. But, uh, you know, the show is about those two boys and their journey and how they connect with the outdoors oh. and, and, and what conservation means to them. And to have an unscripted show interviewed with two of my sons, it's one of my proudest moments. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's better than hunting for myself. It's better than, than, than anything I've ever done. And if anybody's out there that wants to see it, I'll send you a private link tonight That's right. if you want to see this thing. But be careful. Hey, I know that I'm a little bit biased on this, but the truth is, is you're going to need tissue because it is a very touching and, and inspiring. It's, it's so inspiring to watch my boys do what, they, uh, do what they do best, and they're teaching me. I'm the student. It's awesome. Well, I tell you, it's more than that too, Jeff. I mean, Wheelchair and a Prayer is the name of the show, but lessons were learned those lessons those hard lessons that only a father can teach their son or only the son can learn by doing what the father's Mm -hmm. trying to teach them and some tough lessons in this as well and we weren't necessarily popular with this (laughs) we had a lot of people say that we weren't doing it right and i said is that right i said because these these lessons are going to be carried for life so and i wouldn't change a thing if the perspective was or perception was that it was done incorrectly it was not because the truth's in the pudding. The proof's in the pudding. It was fantastic. It's well-received, and the boys are very, very ethical and, and honest and true blue about everything they do, and they're just it, – it, it, it was perfect. Yeah, That's all I have to say. That's that, awesome. That Ibex hunt, we got some – we did a little flashback in our Ibex story. It's coming up, and we call that one the toughest hunt in the lower 48. That's coming up here in the next few weeks. And, uh, Gotta so, watch So it. watch out for that one. That it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. And so season two, don't even ask me. I don't even know what we're going to do. It's just, just pile it all on because it's just one just high-impact, oh. fantastic, well-produced episode at a time. And I haven't even figured out my scheduling for that yet because I, I'm there's so There's so much great about. content. There's mule deer. <laughs> there's elk. There's antelope. There's, it's amazing. But it didn't always start out that way. This is not an industry to, to take for granted. Yeah. Like, you build it. It doesn't mean they're going to come. And so we're still here. I mean, we're new. We're, we're – I'm still kind of young, aren't I? I think I'm you're young. I'm still pretty young. Young <laughs> in the industry, anyway. Um, love it. Love everybody I meet. I, I've just had nothing but great experiences in it. And uh, we're just trying to, you know, stay afloat and produce great content. That's really what it boils down to. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. 
To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Where can people watch this on Sportsman Channel? When are you guys, when are you guys on Sportsman's Channel? Well, we're on Sportsman Channel right now. And uh, what day is this? Uh, well, today, Friday, as of Friday. recording it, it is Friday, February 9th. Okay, so our next episode will be out uh, set tomorrow, and it'll come on at uh, 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which is pretty good for the, the West Coast folks and everybody out mm-hmm. here around Salt Lake City. Um, and that, that, that's another, just another good one. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's about Barbary sheep hunting. Oh, Barbary man, I want to do some right of that. right now in New Mexico, and I keep seeing these big rams hit the ground. I'm like... Just dying to get back out there. I love oh, hunting man. those guys. I never in my life. I was like, I was like elk. You know, maybe some mule deer, bear. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, and then I can't remember who I was interviewing, and they told me they're like, you got to look up out at Barbary sheep. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. And I look, I'm like, oh crap. I'm, I was, <laughs> yeah, I, it took one it. photo, and I was obsessed with those <laughs> the the horn uh, the horns and the the beards coming down the front of them. They're just such yeah. a cool looking animal and I mean a, a lot of time you know short of drawing something here that's another opportunity for someone to go on base, a, a sheep hunt you know okay it's not your standard like doll sheep or whatever but well, it's still a sheep is, hunt yeah and they're, everybody's incredible exactly uh, so it's an awesome opportunity you can do that in Texas New Mexico do they New have Mexico, them in Arizona free ranging and managed by the state yeah and that's the difference between New Mexico and some other places uh, same with the Gimsbuck or the Oryx. All right, same so we were talking about a uh, little bit they about were, season one, season two coming up. Uh, super excited to see that. Where uh, free range, wild as they can get. Ibex oh. is the next one you should look up. You're fit oh, enough; I'm, you can handle getting up the top of the mountain. I've been looking at Ibex. The one, the other animal. I was talking with uh, Cable Smith on Lone Star Outdoor Show, and he got me hooked on black buck because mm. we were oh, talking yeah. about different like all the cool exotics you can get out in yeah. texas and uh, he was showing me he had some uh he had some posted up behind him while we were on skype and he was showing me his black buck and i'm like son of a ah, i can't like I'm, <laughs> I'm only one year in and i've already got a, a, a tag. The, they call that the fever oh gosh man. <laughs> it is the fever yeah, i'm not gonna be able to check your it, temperature no it'll fear. take a lifetime to, to I, feed the I feed the burn. I don't think it'll even take a lifetime. I'll be dead, and it won't ever ever be fully fed. I mean, right. it's I'll be yeah. I'll be sitting there haunting the best units, and you know, I oh, hope the, so. there's the ghost of that Sam guy that haunts uh, <laughs> that haunts Idaho or well, something. I'll, I'll be out there too, so we'll do it oh, together. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. so can check it out on the Sportsman's Channel. Do you guys know? Are you on the? Do you know if you're on the? The Sportsman Channel app, the yes, uh, MOTV. TV. Yeah, we are actively on there right now. Fantastic, and, um, and they're they're pushing them out every. And our season two will be on it as well. So sweet. I don't. Yeah, I don't have. Uh, I don't have broadcast TV or satellite or anything. So I get. You know, it's all Amazon, Netflix, and then I've got the MOTV app, yeah. which which I love because I can download download all those episodes. And when I'm on the underground metro going to work in LA, I'm sitting there and every so often I'll get people like looking over and they'll see like a dude in camo, you know, shooting an elk or something. And, and, oh, 
you know, you, they just get this disgusted look and they'll huff oh, and they'll oh, turn yeah. away. Although, and you know, and they don't the say people, anything. But, but those are the people that we want to connect with with our yep. show. And that's really, you know, you just, you just hit it right on the nail. Is the fact is, is that we're trying to connect with people that don't quite understand hunting and understand that there's a journey and that there's a hunter's way of life and to try to get people to come across and say, you know what, there's more here. I might not like the, the killing aspect, which is a part of hunting, but to see the cinematography meet documentary, the, 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 the lifestyle, the authenticity of what we're trying to accomplish, and that there's, there's more to it. And those are the people we're trying yeah. to connect with. Oh, and there's no arguing that, that no, very few people have a relationship with their food like we do. You know oh, I mean? yeah. And so for the moment that we let that arrow fly or we pull the trigger... Like, I mean, it's now serious. we're connected with that animal spiritually, um, morally, and then it's our job to, to get the harvest. And that's when the work really starts. You know, we gotta, yep. we got to take care of the meat. we got to tend to it. we got to get it out of the field. And when that sucker's packed in the cooler and, and ready for butchering, then, then we're, we're ready to, to execute. And I've introduced game meat to so many people who have never hunted, and they are absolutely floored. And how, how good it is. And I tell them it starts, it starts as soon as we actually pull that trigger. <laughs> well, you know, I've, tied, I've done episodes with, uh, with Jeremiah Dowdy from Field to Plate. Uh, you know, and a great, we've great talk, individual. We've talked a, lot about, uh, we talked a lot about that stuff. And it's, you know, it's, not just, it's not just how you prepare it. You know, everyone complains about whatever gamey meat, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, you got to know how to prepare it, and, but you got to know, you know what you're doing the second you pull the trigger. You know, you got to you got to find that animal as quickly as possible. You got to prepare it correctly. You got to make sure the meat's not contaminated. There's so much to it, and you know, I think I've said it before. Uh, I, I think I may have talked with him about it. Is it's something like they did a study, and when you buy steak from the store, it's uh, 37 different people have have touched that piece of meat at any given on average, and it's something just insane. Versus, you know, wild game for the most part, maybe. Two, maybe three people have, you know, maybe if you got someone helping you pack it out and then you take it to, uh, you take it to someone else to process sure. for you, yeah. you know what, maybe three people have touched that meat and you know exactly who they are and, um, and where it's been. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. That's great. But no, I'd say, you know, it, it's funny being on the Metro. I, I actually had talking about reaching out to those kind of people. I, I was on the Metro the other day and, uh, you know, I was reading my, uh, I think it was the backcountry bow hunting book by Cam Haynes. And, uh, and I, I saw a guy that I, I tend to be on the Metro a lot with, you know, we talked once or twice yeah. and, um, you know, he saw, he saw that I was reading this book and I think, I, I think I may have been wearing camo at the time too. And it, it just sparked up this conversation and he was kind of like, Oh, you're a hunter. You know, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, you disgust me immediately, but it was like, yeah. Oh, that's kind of sketchy. Sure. And it was it was just this amazing conversation. You know, we're on we're on the L.A. Metro. We're not he's, we're not really. Yeah, I guess he could move two seats over, but um, we're we're underground. He's not leaving. So I got to spend the next like twenty thirty minutes just sitting sitting down talking with him about conservation. I explained Pittman Robertson. I you know, and it was just amazing. And you could see like you see it in their faces where it's they're kind of a little they're either a, a little angry or skeptical and then you just see it see them start to slowly relax in their eyes there's a little bit of recognition and yeah. and the whole body language and attitude changes after a while and mm-hmm. uh you know i've talked i've talked with a bunch of people about this those individual conversations and just reaching out to those people that aren't 
just so vehemently anti-hunting is mm-hmm. so important. You know, yeah, they may just not realize what it is, and yeah. 20 minutes can change someone's vote For on sure. an issue. Right. I mean, and that's and so important. Is. I mean, exactly. I, think, I think, you know, they always say the haters are going to hate, but it's the ones who just don't know that we have a chance to influence. And, uh, and, and, and in a positive fashion to just say, look, look, you know, the vast majority of us are conservation-minded, ethical people. Um, a lot of, you know, and, I, and I'll, we'll say it, we, we are not afraid to praise God in our episodes. We are go. grateful for everything that we have. We know that, that that's the way it's got to be. And, um, I mean, some of the most beautiful moments we've had are in the mountain. When you take a life, when you take a life, it doesn't matter if it's a human being or an animal. There is something bigger than you happening there. And uh, so if... You know, when we went to Africa last year, we had an opportunity to hunt several animals, and we agreed that if we didn't feel like we had that connection with the animal, we weren't going to pull the trigger. And so, I mean, that's kind of how we, we approach it, and, and so many other people approach it that same way. We all have, we may approach it slightly different, but you won't hear us criticizing any style of hunting that is legal in the world because it's all contributing to the greater good. And, I mean, we could go as far if, if you want, is deep into Africa. I've only hunted there one time. Before that, the only time I'd been to Africa was for other reasons that our U.S. government thought. Be crazy, <laughs> right? And so, but you look at what they did in Kenya, and they outlawed hunting, and but the poaching is so severe that they have to put military patrols to protect the animals so that they don't become extinct there. But you mm-hmm. look at places like Namibia and South Africa and a whole bunch of the other countries where they've embraced the hunting culture, and now it's mobilized the entire community to protect the animals because, economically speaking, that's helping them out. Well, it provides value, it provides value to that resource, where if it's... If, if you can't hunt them, if it, you know, people like to say, okay, the tourism, the, the sightseeing, all of that, yeah, that provides a little bit of value to it, but it, the hunting adds so much value to that resource that then the community's protected. They have reasons to enact conservation efforts versus otherwise it, it's just not going to happen. They're going to either develop that land, they're sure. going to build huts there, they're, or houses, or whatever and it's uh it's just it's there's going to be no reason for those animals to exist um and or and no reason for the community to protect them no exactly right and and people have argued both both sides of that particular topic and and i just say that we just have to support each other i mean there's a big unity effort happening in our hunting community right now because some people in the film industry have failed us, have failed to set the example. We've had several major incidents this last year that set us back a decade. Mm-hmm. All the progress that was made because, like, oh, no, really, it is about the wholesale slaughter of animals. Oh, real, really, it is about the thrill. And I'm not going to lie to you. It is thrilling to go after an animal and try to hunt them and to close the distance to get to the point where you can make the harvest. But, um, you know, I... I I know that in my life, if you were to look at it, that I've done things that I would not want to have done on film, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing that I, you won't find is me shooting extra animals for the fun of it and, um, or for the hype or the show or whatever it happens to be. And I'm not here to throw stones at any one person. We've all made mistakes. But the mistakes in this industry, because it can be so polarizing, have such a big impact on all of us. 
And so we need fact. guys like you who want to embrace the culture <laughs> and the life yeah. and continue to get out there and hunt. And I think there's such a, especially after, you know, these incidents, I think everyone at this point kind of knows what they are. But after these incidents, there's such a, there's such a lens over the top of uh, the hunting industry and especially, you know, outdoor, outdoor TV in general that, uh, you know, it's, we're right on the the verge of, of, of things. And I I really think... uh, you know, everyone's got to be super careful. And so shows like yours that, that focus on that journey and just uh, that uplifting aspect of it and being ethical and legal and focusing on that first pr- rather than just, okay, we need to make the show at any cost. It's, yeah. it's super important. And it's shows like that that are, are really going to be the only thing that keeps outdoor TV going. You know, too many more incidents, and the public outcry is going to be too great, and it's and it's not gonna and it's not gonna continue. You know, it it's gonna it can hurt hurt a whole lot. It's a lot easier to hurt the industry than to build it back up. So, I, well, I, that's what they say. One all crafts worth a thousand battle boys. <laughs> <laughs> it really just true. You know, we're, and again, I'm not here to to throw rocks into any of these guys. You know, mistakes have been made. You know, hopefully, the, you know whatever they're doing and whatever they're influencing the rest of their life. Is, has been changed because of that and a lot of times in our darkest moments when we become our brightest self and I can only hope that that's what's happened to those individuals um, but I also know that it's more important for us to be able to set the example when we're putting ourselves out there and publicly putting ourselves out there we have to be held to a standard that we expect everybody to be held to and I won't, I won't say higher standard it is just the standard period and um, we're, that's what we're going we're gonna to continue to do that. And we've gone home without tags filled so many times. <laughs> we've hurt ourselves in the field just like you. And, I mean, I think we just got to do the best that we absolutely can and try to make the most right decision that we can when we're in the field because there's so much that happens when that big bull walks out in front of you. Yep. Your mind's turning, and you don't see those little branches in front of you. you don't, you're lame gets confusing and you're trying to get the shot and then you realize when you can cool your mind and be present again that okay now i can make it happen you got to take that time because what do they say slow is smooth but smooth is fast Fast. that's exactly right and so if you can do that then you can get rid of that buck fever a little bit we just saw our dad do it (laughs) hunting his whole life he just was getting the buck fever like nobody's business (laughs) so happy I was yeah. so happy to see him act like a kid. You yeah. have that, that adrenaline and that motivation going. Oh, uh, that's funny. So we <laughs> talked. So <laughs> good. <laughs> we, we talked about uh, where people can watch the show on the Sportsman Channel when they can see it. Uh, people want to find out more about you guys, about Beyond Rubicon, uh, find you online, where are they headed? All right. I mean, we've got a website, beyondrubicon.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. I've boycotted Twitter, but <laughs> I think I'm coming back to the Twitter realm because... I, I never check it. I, I think all my Facebook just pushes directly to Twitter, and occasionally I'll get a notice, and I'm like, oh, somebody retweeted uh, uh, that. Me, okay, cool. Me, me and my nine followers on Twitter <laughs> were just not having a good party or a good time, so... I, I there we go. I'll make sure. I'll go follow you guys. We'll make it 10. 10. We'll make it 10. <laughs> so that'd be great, but yeah, I, I, I think you can find us there. Um, MOTV for sure. Um, you can also just call us, send us notes, man. We'd love to interact with the, you know, people that are like-minded. 
I, I'd like to call them fans um, to a certain degree, but they're more like friends. Because <laughs> truly, like every single person, we try so hard to, to react to every single response we get, good or bad. And uh, we've just been fortunate that it's been all good this year. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, come, come find us at uh, beyondrubicon.com, beyond.rubicon on Facebook. But it just pops up. Somebody owned Beyond Type it Rubicon. in, you'll figure it you'll out. You'll figure it out. You'll get to us, and, and we'll wave back at you. We'd like to see what you're doing. We're also hosting a film festival in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's the awesome. third annual Beyond Rubicon Hunt Film Festival on March 17th. And we're sponsored by the city of Albuquerque, if you can imagine that and the Albuquerque Film Office, and uh, we bring together a celebration of our culture and heritage. That's awesome, and well, info for that, I'm sure you guys will be posting it on, on all the social I media. Will it be up on the website? We're looking for filmmakers to submit short films up to about eight minutes to compete because we do a uh, competition right before, and then we launch the hunting film tour out of, out of uh, Banff, Canada. Awesome. When, uh, what's the deadline for submissions? Um, March 7th i believe march 7th okay so, so this this we may be cutting it close with this episode to, to get those submissions in but <laughs> hopefully if anybody right is now. watching uh watching on live uh, uh get your film submissions in um but yeah so one thing i always like to kind of finish up with is this is this podcast really geared towards folks like myself either new hunters or people from the city who who may not feel like they have access or the ability or the knowledge or the background to get into the outdoors, get into hunting, fishing, and, and really do this, this big stuff, you know, what, if somebody came up to you and said, I I, want to get out there, but I'm just, there's too much. I'm too intimidated. Uh, what advice would you guys, or words of inspiration would you give them? Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is just go into the outdoors, (laughs) just, just go to the outdoors without a gun, without a bow, without camo, just go and enjoy it and get a feel for it. Um, if you could, if you got a friend who's familiar with the outdoors, hunter or non-hunter, just get out there and experience it. And I think that's the first thing if they're if they're if they're novice like that. Um, and well, then, and also I would say you know enroll in a in a hunter education course. Yeah, it will teach you all about hunter safety, but it'll also tell you about survival. It'll also tell, teach you about you know other aspects of first aid and the different things that are necessary to, to, to put into your knowledge bank to get into the forest, to get into the outdoors so that you're safe. It's very important. And that yeah. helps with your confidence. That's exactly right. And the confidence is a big deal. I mean, and then you, you team up with somebody, you know, get the right gear. Don't go and blow thousands upon thousands of dollars on stuff that you think is going to be successful. Meet up with somebody who just has a little bit more experience than you do and listen. And just call Scree. Know? Uh, yeah, I tell screen. you what, Shameless. <laughs> pro- I mean, obviously we're in the Scree booth here. Shameless product plug. You know, I had Scree <laughs> on the the podcast uh, a few episodes ago. Um, check them out on the on our own part. Check them out on my partners page, livingcountryinthecity.com/partners, and you can actually get a discount if you use. It's either code Country Five or Country Ten. I can't. To be honest, I can't remember. Well, gotta, I would enter Country 10 because that sounds like a bigger discount. We'll see. If it, if it works, uh, go start with Country 10 and then just go, go down in the numbers until you hit. <laughs> but it's either Country 10 or Country 5. I have the, the memory of a goldfish, so uh, I actually have, will have to look that up myself. But, yeah, check that out on the website. Uh, get a quick discount on uh, some awesome gear that is amazing, really amazing and reasonably priced. So. Oh, absolutely. And I've, I've hunted in it. And Brian, I've hunted in the Scree gear. I don't even know how many days that we've spent in the field with the product, and I can just about tear up anything. And if it comes from Jeff Sillison, 
and it survives. It's a good product, <laughs> and the Scree gear is absolutely amazing. If you're not coming back in tatters, it's you know it's, it's, uh, it, it's pretty me. dang tough. Yeah, but we uh, it, we earn every scratch we get. Yep, yep. <laughs> Let's push it beyond the Rubicon. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Shameless plug. Always. Always. Yeah. I am. I am always game for shameless plugs uh, for anything on the podcast. So, well, thank you guys so much for hopping on. I appreciate uh, you uh, spending the time really talking. It. Enjoyed it. Sam. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to know you. All right. All right, y'all. That'll do it for episode sixty-six of Living Country in the City. Make sure y'all check out the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 66 for links to Beyond Rubicon and everything we talked about in today's episode. Also, make sure you check out my support page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash support. Find out about all the ways you can join the Living Country in the City team. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. 